It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, Locked On Crossover with Locked On Auburn and Locked On SEC. I'm Zach Blackerby, Chris Gordy. Man, it's, uh, it's an interesting time of year. It seems like we kind of go through this every uh, every March with basketball going on. But before we move into basketball, Gordy, I want to hear your thoughts <laughs> on what the SEC did as far as placing uh, placing the, the coaches in order for the SEC media day schedule that's coming up this summer. And uh, they did our guy Brian Harson wrong again, putting him in the third day, or the final day, rather, um, when everybody is gone. Do you think that's ever intentional? Do you think the SEC does that stuff uh, intentionally or just kind of, you know, just kind of works out? Yeah, I think you said it wrong. You said they did a they did them dirty. No, they they did them right. They Maybe did them a so. favor. They're getting there when everybody's gone. Like the the worst thing they could have done was Tuesday, right before Nick Saban, Brian Harson. Fair enough. Front row, Dennis Dodd and everybody will have their microphones in your face. Uh Brian, what the hell is going on at Auburn? What's with this uh girl you know that supposedly you're messing around with what's with all your assistants jumping ship what's with uh you know uh your defensive coordinator leaving for less money like i don't know just like all these things that they could have asked i think they're going to slide him in on thursday they, they may do jimbo fisher josh heupel and slide in brian harson that last slot and, and then have cars harson get up there and go hey guys uh, i'm just going to talk really quick make a quick statement and we got to get out of here our, our plane's leaving we got to go so <laughs> right you know. I mean, he did such a good job last year of just filling the time. I think he only took three questions because he talked for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, which the ultimate filibuster. That's what some of these coaches are so good at. But uh, Freeze did that really well, right? Wasn't wasn't Hugh Freeze like? Didn't he literally like read the roster that year? Oh yeah, like a lot of them run through. Like Les Miles used to do it too. Les Miles would give you an update. He'd go, "I want to update you on the uh, Miles family vacation. We went to." destined for a week and it's like dude what are you doing like and then he gets to you know talks about his football team breaks down the entire offense defense on special teams we bring back a kicker i'm like no one cares dude like just get to questions right right but i mean it's still going to be a fun week i think i mean starting things off on that monday with brian kelly and lane kiffin um, I guess Drinkwitz will be there but no one will care but i, I think that's going to be an extremely fun day but tuesday you mentioned Nick Saban, and then you know, obviously Mike Leach is always super interesting. And I, I think people are going to care a little bit more about what Shane Beamer has to say. Yeah. Um, and then Wednesday. Rising star. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he really impressed me. Um, I, I'm, really, I'm really surprised what they're doing at South Carolina. And then Wednesday, Sam Pittman. Wait, who, you didn't say Clark Lee. <laughs> right. No, that, that, was, that was on purpose. Do you want to talk about Clark Lee, Gordy? You want to talk about Clark Lee for a well, second? All 
only thing I'll say for Vanderbilt this year is yeah. we, we pride ourselves every year with Lockdown SEC getting, you know, a different player on from every school. Last year, Vanderbilt was the only school we didn't get an interview with a player because they didn't bring their players down to Radio Row. And my thing was, dude, you went winless. You went 0-10 in the conference two years ago. Like, you should have been prom- – remember Derek Mason every year at SC Media Days? He would literally go to Boots and be like, do you guys want me? Like, he was – for the brand of Vanderbilt, trying to right. promote any way he can. Clark Lee and them, they're like, oh, no, no, no. The less PR, the better. Like, no, man, you need to get any kind of positivity for your program right now. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But, yeah, I, I skipped over him on purpose. But I appreciate you calling me out. Accountability is important, Gordy. Thank you. Wednesday, I, I, I love Sam Pittman. I could listen to that yeah. guy talk all day long. Um, Billy Napier is obviously going to be super interesting. It'll be his first media days in this role. And then Kirby Smart, the defending national champ. And then Mark Stoops doesn't really do a whole lot for me, but it's still, Kentucky's always going to be an interesting uh, team. And then, yeah. You, you missed an opportunity there with Pittman, Napier, and Smart. You got three country accents. And then you got Mark Stoops, who's the Ohioan, who, right. like, you know, sounds Midwest. Like, they could have, I wish they could have slid in, you know, I don't know, some, you know, another, like Jimbo. Jimbo, Jimbo would have been, been perfect. All the, all the Southern voices. That's right. And then, uh, and then that Thursday, the finale will be uh, Auburn's Brian Harson, then Josh Heupel with Tennessee, and Jimbo with A and M. So yeah, um, I, I am going to be curious to see if people stick around for Thursday just to, to press Brian Harson. But most of the time, Thursday, uh, there, there's nobody there at that point. So we'll see. Well, it's, it's exciting. It's going back to Atlanta. Right. You get to be by the College Football Hall of Fame and experience all that. I know. You know, went back to Birmingham last year. And then there's talk, you know, of possibly going to Nashville and other cities around around the SEC after that. And so that'll be really interesting to see what happens there. But at least being in Atlanta, right by the College Football Hall of Fame, they actually had, when we were there a couple of years ago, they had a lot of fans that came out and wanted to be around. And, you know, we know at the Winfrey in, in Birmingham, a lot of fans congregate in the, hotel, in the hotel lobby. They couldn't do that last year with COVID. But um, I think we'll get a little bit more of a return of the fran, fan presence this this year. And um, you're right. I mean, on Thursday, you know, are, will any Auburn fans make the drive over to Atlanta to come rally around Harson, or are they going to come and chant at him? What was the uh, famous five and nineteen that guy yelled at? Uh, oh gosh, the um, I don't know. We we saw fans rally at Toomer's Corner for about twenty minutes one afternoon a few weeks ago when we were at the peak of the Brian Harson drama. Um, so maybe maybe that same group of folks goes over to Atlanta to, to support them. But, man, I tell you what, uh, folks are, are, are buying in a little bit more. And I was kind of in the, uh, I was kind of in the fence of, okay, you know, like, I, I don't think they should fire this guy, but he needs to do more. And, and Gordy, I think ever since Auburn's kind of publicly come out and said, like, no, we're, we're retaining him, like, he, he's still our coach, I think he's done a lot of the right things. I think he's changed his approach with recruiting. I think he's changed his approach as far as messaging and PR and kind of being a, a face of the football program. I think he's done a whole lot better with a lot of things. Um, it, it's not a situation where you're going to be able to you know, just snap your fingers and it'll all be okay, but I think it's a lot better than it was a two, uh, you know, two or three weeks ago at Auburn. Yeah, I mean, this is, and I like the Ike Hilliard hire. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm interested in, the coordinators just from a standpoint in these are his guys, yeah. you know, you know, somebody, somebody I was talking to recently was talking about how, you know, with Derek Mason and Mike, Mike Bobo it was kind of almost like, 
those were suggested hires to him, like, hey, these guys would be great to help you make the SEC transition. Right. Now, now with uh Schmetting and, and Keesaw, it's these are these are my guys that I'm familiar with. And now it's this is fully my show. So mm-hmm. it, it will be interesting to see how much things change now because it's you know, it's there was no outside uh influence, I guess you would say. Like there's no there's there's not going to be many times I feel like that they're in meeting rooms that all these coaches are not all on the same page. You know what I mean? Like these are my guys. They, they know how I operate. I know how they operate. And I think we're all going to be on the same page moving forward. I'm sure there were times last year where Harson butted heads with Bobo on philosophy or in-game uh, decisions. And then same thing with Derek Mason too, probably. So now it's fully on him. Like these are my guys and we better all be on the same page. Is that always... A good thing, though, for everybody to be on the same page. I mean, I think there needs to be kind of that that conversation, right, where you can bring ideas and different ideologies to things. And, and that's the part where I think a lot of Auburn fans are a tad concerned about it. I, I think some folks are like, well, they're just going to say yes to whatever Brian Harson wants to do. He's not going to get challenged on anything, which is probably not fully true. But I bet it does lean towards that direction, and I think that is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I I think back to Ed Ogeron when he got the LSU job. They, you know, he wanted to think outside the box, go with a big name hire in an OC, and they went with Matt Canada, and they brought him in. And man, from day one, Ogeron was butting heads with Matt Canada. Yeah, he got rid of him and said, "All right, I'm just going to promote." I know Steve Ensminger really really well. He's our tight ends coach. Me and him go way back to back in the day. I'm just going to promote him to OC. Guess what happened? Cohesion. They were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, I know they ended up making the hire with the the uh, quarterbacks coach, but Steve Ensminger was the OC of the national championship team at LSU. And so I think sometimes the cohesiveness of everybody being on the same page, and I'm not saying, like, be passive. I won't say you won't disagree on things at times, but I just feel like, again, that go back to that word continuity. These are my guys and and – we know how each other operates and we're going right. to ride or either we're going to sink or we're going to swim together, but at least we're all rowing this, rowing this boat together. Yeah. And, and I thought it was a great move just because, okay, we know we're going to know if this works or not in 2022, the way it's currently set up. And I, I think that's important for the future of this, uh, of this program. Gordy, uh, let's talk basketball in just a second, if that's okay. But first let's talk about uh, our good friends at built bar built bar is the best protein bar Ever, Gordy, what is your favorite flavor of Built Bar? Uh, probably cookies and cream. That's I was a, a mint brownie fan for a while. I mean, you really can't. Any, they're all covered in chocolate, so you can't go wrong with any of them. That's true. That's true. I'm not a huge mint fan, but I love the chocolate stuff. I love the peanut butter, uh, and then some of the bars. Uh, you know, the they kind of got a little fruity flavor as well. Those are those are delicious, and all the bars are low in calories. They're high in protein. They're low in sugar. So be sure to check them out. Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Gordy, we're going into the final week of the college basketball season before uh, championship week, which, I mean, it's about to get really fun here if you're a sports fan, but uh, the SEC is still extremely close. Auburn has a one-game lead, and then there are three teams right behind them, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky. You cover this league better than anybody. What are your kind of big-picture interpretations and expectations for this final week of the season? Well, for Auburn, it's a, it's a chance to get right. I mean, Mississippi State has played a little bit better as of late. They've won three of their last four, but, um, you know, it'll be a nice test. With Auburn having lost, uh, is it three straight road games? Uh, it'll be a nice test to go to um, to Starkville and get that bad taste area. But the big thing to me with Auburn has been, I, and I, don't, I haven't looked at the stats to back it up, but I bet they would. Is it just me or had they not shot the three well at, at all on the road as of late? It's like, been bad. It feels like they've missed all their threes that they were making earlier in the year. So, um, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see consistency. Them going going to Mississippi State, shoot the three ball, get the win. But then you come home against South Carolina. And again, South Carolina's played better lately, but I still feel like these are two teams that Auburn should absolutely demolish, win this thing out, you know, finish the win the regular season SEC uh, title and take this thing into the SEC tournament. But no, it's. It's so interesting with that log jam that's clogged behind them with Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee because, man, all all these other teams have, like Kentucky, this may be Calipari's most complete team he's had in a handful of years at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, man, like what can you say? They, Eric Musselman just, like they sputtered a little bit earlier in the year and then they just ran rough shot. They this, figured it out, conference. man. Yeah. And and then Tennessee, they stumbled a little bit early, dealt with injuries and all this. And now they they've really figured it out and they they're like unbeatable at home. So, um, man, it's I can't say enough about the, the hierarchy of the SEC. It's the top four. And then you got Bama and LSU, who right. at times look really good. You know, we had high expectations for both of them to start the year. Yeah. And I think they'll both get in, too. So I think you'll have all, all six of these teams in the SEC tournament. I mean, in the NCAA tournament. But. LSU and Alabama are dangerous teams. If they're at like, if they're in a six seeds or seven seeds, like I, I think those are teams that could pull off some big upsets. So I guess what I'm saying is the depth of the SEC this year, if they get six teams, maybe seven, if Florida goes on a run or something like that. But like, I, I think we're talking about a potential for a handful of SEC teams in the sweet 16 this year. Give me your power rankings for those top four teams in the conference. So Auburn, um, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Give me, give me your power rankings one through four. God, man, uh, you know that's a great question. I, I guess a week ago I would have had Auburn one, I would have had Kentucky two, I would have had Arkansas three, and I would have had Tennessee four. Now okay. with the way things happened this weekend, um, I, despite losing the road games, my opinion I don't think changes on Auburn. I still think they're they're the best team in the SEC. I still think they're one of the best teams in the country. Okay. Um, Kentucky really fought hard in that game where they, you know, they fell behind and then they they fought and 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 made it a game with Arkansas. Um, Tennessee's gonna here's the thing with Tennessee, they're gonna lose the home field advantage going to the tournament because you know you you have no home court anymore. So that right. may hurt them. But I would probably go right now if I was ranking them, I'll probably still go Auburn one. I may go Arkansas two, Kentucky three, Tennessee four. Okay. Yeah. And I'd be okay with you putting Arkansas at one. I think what Arkansas is doing right now, I don't think anyone would want to play them. 
Yeah, J.D. Note has been – I've said it for weeks that he's been my quiet dark horse for SEC Player of the Year. He's not going to win it, but he's been one of the best players in the SEC all year. Jalen Williams has stepped his game up. He's dominated down low. So, like uh, – they, and they just play so hard, man. El Busselman's yeah. such a good coach. When they hired him, I said, this this is a home run hire for, for Arkansas. And it really – man, from the top to bottom of the SEC, like – even the bad teams in the SEC have good coaches. Like right. Tom Crane was a hell of a coach at Indiana, and now he's like terrible at Georgia. But he's still—I think he's still a good coach. Gosh, I, I hope mean, I hope Georgia keeps him. I hope Georgia no, never fires him. I think he's going to be gone. I think. I think yeah, he's I'm sure be he gone. will be. Yeah, I think Quanzo's in real trouble at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, Vandy, I think, is okay, but uh, I, I think all the other schools are fine. But w- the point I'm making I, I, is, I like, think Vandy's he, overachieved a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah Scotty Pippen Jr. has been incredible. I yeah. mean, like the other night he had. 30 something points and his team had 60. Like he had over half their points. It's like, what is ridiculous? That guy is Um, awesome. But no, the point being like, this might be the, the, the best assortment of coaches we've had in sec basketball ever. Right. Um, or at least in a really long time. And so it's what we see in football, Zach, like Mm -hmm. it eats itself alive. Like, you know, uh, who was my guy, Brett Bielema, I thought was a hell of a coach. But the SEC ate him alive at Arkansas. He couldn't beat the really good teams of the conference. So, um, no, I I, I say all that to say I I do think this is a year. And the SEC had a couple teams that went far last year. But I think this year, if you're filling out your bracket in a couple weeks and you don't have at least three SEC teams in your Sweet 16, I think you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I was on another podcast yesterday, and they asked me about the teams that would be in the Sweet 16 from the conference. I, I made the case for five different ones. The four that you just ranked in your top four and then Alabama, because I think Alabama gets out of the first weekend. And it's like, wouldn't that be crazy if there were five SEC teams in the Sweet 16? Well, and LSU, Tari Eason has played phenomenal sure. for them. They, they got Xavier Pinson back at point, who's actually, when he was out, their offense went to hell, and now it looks oh, legit yeah. again. I mean, yeah, he, just- he's an important part of that team. There's no question. It's just I can make a case for outside of the top four. I can make a case for Alabama and LSU. And, and I mean, yeah, legitimate six teams that if you told me they were in the final four this year, I would not be surprised. Final four. Really? You'll go as far as to say final four for any of those teams? I think Auburn. Absolutely. I mean, right? look, Jabari Smith's insane. Um, I, yeah. The, Auburn, Auburn expectations going into the tournament. Auburn should be, should have final four hopes. Auburn, I think Kentucky it, and Arkansas. I'm fine with saying they have a chance to go yeah. to the final four. The other ones, I, I kind of pause a little bit. Well, again, it, it all depends on what you're doing and, and who your matchups are. Right. I mean, that's of a course, big part of it. Right. Yep. If LSU is a seven seed, I, I saw one of the projections that's out is has them as a seven seed playing Davidson as a 10 seed. And then they get Duke in the next round. Well, it's <laughs> coach K's final run. They're good. Like right. they, Duke is going to get every call throughout the tournament because they know those refs know this is coach K swan song. So expect mm-hmm. Duke to uh, go ahead and pencil Duke into your elite eight right now. That's fair that's enough. Dumb. Um, but no, I think obviously Auburn's got the pedigree, uh, Arkansas, Kentucky, obviously Calipari, he's been there, done that. I, and like I said, I think this is one of his best coaching jobs. Oscar Sheboy is a monster. He's going to win SEC player of the year. He's a freak. Um, yep. He's awesome. But Arkansas too. Arkansas had that fantastic run last year. And, uh, again, a lot of that experience back. J.D. Note was on that team. That They got a lot of those guys back, and I, I could see them doing it as well. So, I'm being, of course, I'm being a little bit homerific, but I'm also – I can be unbiased and take take a step back and say, look, Gonzaga's going to probably be there. 
Baylor's going to probably be there. You know, there's teams you could pencil in, but I think the SEC has a good shot at anybody to, to, to make a deep run. Right. And so you mentioned filling out your bracket, Gordy. Uh, the best place to fill out your bracket is runyourpool.com. Don't go to any of the, the, the common places. Go, go to runyourpool.com. It'll take two seconds to, to create a pool, uh, whether it's for your family, your, your workplace, your friends, whatever it may be. And clearly, we believe in run your pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there, Gordy. So you can compete with me. You can compete with Gordy. You can compete with any of our hosts across the Locked On College channel. Just go to runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, make your own pool for your friends and family. Enter the code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. But yeah, that's runyourpool.com slash locked on. If you win, you get a chance at some cash prizes. That's runyourpool.com slash Locked on. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for all of the local chain auto parts stores to keep all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. So you're going to go to these stores, and they're going to do the same thing you could do. They're going to order the part, and then you got to go pick it up. Or they'll order it and send it to your house. And it's like, just do it yourself. Skip the middleman. And go to rockauto.com. You'll save a ton of money at rockauto.com. And uh, when you go there and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That is at rockauto.com. Gordy, from an Auburn perspective, this could be an historic week for the Tigers. Uh, I mean, they have won the SEC regular season championship three times. And the last time they shared it with Tennessee because the SEC does this weird thing where they don't like to do tiebreakers even though they were tied with Tennessee and they beat Tennessee on the road, but still it was a shared thing, whatever. Very odd thing to me. But they have a chance to win it outright this week. They've got to take care of business Wednesday night against Mississippi State. I think that's a really tricky game because Mississippi State is surprisingly good at home. I think they're 14-2 and at home right now, which is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And so that's going to be a tough one. But the fact that they get to clinch it potentially at home against South Carolina could be a really cool thing that happens in Auburn. Um, and so, I mean, what do you? Th- how, how likely do you think that is, Gordy? Uh, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. I mean, just I, I think they've got the the easiest draw of of any of the the remaining teams you know that are up there. And so, yeah. again, like the fact you're a game up on on Arkansas, on Kentucky, on Tennessee. And you, I, I feel like winning at Mississippi State and beating South Carolina is, is a little bit easier. When you talk about Arkansas, they got to host LSU. They got to go to to Tennessee to finish out their schedule. Kentucky, they got to play Ole Miss, but then they got to go to Florida, which is never never an easy one. And then yeah. of course Tennessee. You know, we mentioned they play they play Arkansas. They play at Georgia. They'll win that one. Georgia stinks, but. Um, I think of the three, Auburn's got the easiest draw. And so, yeah, this is an easy situation. Take care of your business. Win these last two like you're supposed to. And again, I think, you know, that that thing that, that's been written about and, and drawn up, three straight road losses for Auburn. I think that rings true. And they go, look, let's go win in Starkville. I mean, you know, Starkville with the cowbells going on the football field, maybe that's a little bit different story. But on the basketball court, Iverson Molinar has been really good for them, but right. um, I would say uh, Auburn men, go play your go play your ball, take care of business. You'll win these last two and win the SEC. What do you make about evaluating and you know, I guess judging the greatness of a team? Would you rather see a team 
win a regular season championship or an SEC tournament championship? Which one do you think has more weight to it? Oh, the the regular season, yeah. no doubt. I mean, it's because because you know it's a level playing field in that like everybody plays one another. You all play tough schedules, and so if you can gut it out over the length of a season and you prove that you want it, I mean that's that's what you're hang, hang, uh, hanging banners with. Right. Don't get me wrong, the SEC tournament is fun, uh, but every year we see it. Some team gets hot and can run through it. A team that didn't win the regular season title busts through and wins the SEC tournament. It's it is what it is. If they did put it this way, Zach, if they did away with the SEC tournament tomorrow in basketball, I don't think many people would shed a tear because it's it's weird, right? Like we crown a champion of the regular season and then we crown another champion of the SEC tournament. It's like, you know, I remember years ago, Georgia ran through one. It's like, and they punched their ticket to the tournament. It's like, yeah, great. You won four games. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you should have played more consistently throughout the regular season and maybe you would have, you know, punch your ticket without having to do that. So yeah, I don't want to discredit it. And look, Auburn may win both. You know, they may, they, they have the talent and they could, they could do both. But uh, no, to me, the regular season title just means that much more. Yeah. It, it just means more, right, Gordy? It just means more. Oh, always. <laughs> uh, man, how can folks uh, tune in to, to hear all of your SEC content that you have going every single day? Uh, yeah, just wherever you get your podcast, search Locked on SEC. We've had some great uh, conversations with some some guys that are coming back to play football next year and some guys that are preparing for the NFL draft. As we know, the combine's going on, tons of SEC guys. Did you see the graphic of how many guys from the SEC are represented at the NFL combine? I saw it was a lot more than everybody else. Yeah, that's all you need to know. It's just more than than anywhere else. And then, you know, we see it every year in the first round of the draft. More players from the SEC are drafted in the first round than any other conference. So the dominance continues, but yeah, we'll have some conversations with some more guys as they uh, get ready and prepare for the draft and uh, had a, had a great uh, conversation last week with Jalen Foster, the DB from South Carolina, who he was kind of making an argument. He's like, look, we talk about DBU at LSU and Florida and Alabama. You look at it right now. South Carolina's put about five or six DBs in the, in the NFL the last uh, handful of years. So right. uh, Jalen Foster is going to be another one. So yeah, a really good conversation with him. And, uh, you know, I encourage everybody, if you missed our conversation weeks ago with TJ Finley, uh, I'm going to have to revisit that conversation at one point because man, he's a, such an easy dude to root for. But, man, that, the more and more I start to look at, the more I start to think maybe Zach Calzada is going to be the starter for Auburn next year. And um, I don't know. Is that a good thing for Auburn? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. TJ Finley put on his Snapchat story the other day that he was, uh, he's like on the interstate. And he, like, took a picture of him driving with the dash and it had, like, 150 on it. And we're like, is he driving 150 miles per hour? And then you zoom in and it was, like, kilometers. But it's still, like, 93. Like, why are you taking pictures of you doing that, man? Like, what's going on? And so, yeah. you know, he's been kind of – he's been doing some interesting stuff on socials. And um, Brian Harson's not going to like that. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah. So, I mean, and- I, that, that's going to come into the equation, I think, somewhere. And I threw out there just – you know, an idea. He could end up back in the portal again, going somewhere else. I mean, there, there's we still have as as it stands right now, Zach. As we start off March, I think there's still more moves to come and more things to happen when it comes to the uh, the SEC landscape at quarterback. I think Missouri. You know, the, there's a chance they're going to get Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. There's so much, yeah. many more dominoes that could fall here over these next couple of months. Yeah, if I'm Finley and I, I realize, okay, maybe I'm not going to win the starting job, I transfer. And I just go ahead and serve that year because he, he he already used his one free one, right? So, I mean, he can go somewhere and sit 
and then possibly pop up in uh, 24 and maybe be the guy. But I don't know. Well, well and, there, and there's been talk about that. Too. And by the way, I mean, the kid is he's he's still 19. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still got so many years at, right. ahead of him. But like there's talk like, do you want to be the NCAA and be the bad guy that's going to fight somebody on them wanting to transfer and try to be academically eligible or, or not academic, but be eligible like but, I, I felt like we, we, we so soft on that. Maybe. I mean, we, we've had this conversation for years, and it's definitely trended more towards the player and a more away from the NCAA, which is a good thing. But I'm never going to act like the NCAA is going to do the right thing. I will never assume that. Well, uh, at least in the, in more recent years with players transferring, they've they've let they've allowed more freedom than they have before. Yeah. And, and again, you know, they're still still allowing the, the Wawa West. You can get the free transfer anywhere you want. But like, remember Justin Fields? It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like it here at uh, Georgia. I want to go to Ohio State. They're like, you can't go. And he goes, oh, when I was on the baseball team, somebody called me a name. And they're like, okay, fine, you can go. It's like, I mean, the bar of the acceptance on letting you just transfer. Eh, go ahead. Fair enough. Fair enough. Folks, that is Chris Gordy with Locked On SEC. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackery. Read all my work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be on Locked On Auburn. Gordy will be on Locked On SEC. This has been the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.